Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Sam Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello, and this podcast is the season three premiere. Uh, it is good to be back. Um, we know the transfer window is right around the corner, so I wanted to make sure I got at least one podcast in before the absolute chaotic nonsense of the transfer window happens. We obviously finished last season with a flurry. Uh, Chelsea going undefeated, not losing one game, having a goal differential over 109 goals, um, 106 points. That is the best season that has ever happened. Um, but what happens next? Where, where does this team go? Um, and that is where we start the podcast, is actually in Division One. So, excuse me, a lot of Oh, different opinions will change on what people do. We we are hearing that ninety four million is the money that Chelsea have at the moment to spend in the window. You look at Chelsea in real life. If life imitates art, then at some point Chris is going to have something like this. Even though I feel like he's done that already and been able to really build that super team. And I wouldn't say Chelsea is a super team yet. They have yet to accomplish anything, but. If, like I said, if that is something that is holds up true, Chris is on the verge of probably bringing in two really good players, at the least one very elite player. Having $94 million for a team that just won, I think is going to be uh, something very important for the other clubs to take notice of and maybe kind of halter his other team's expectations going into the season already. I think it was a purposeful flex by Chris to kind of make sure that everyone knew how much money he had going into the window saying, Hey, I got 94 million to spend on two guys. Come hit me up. I have all the money. And in the past, I would say guys aren't going to go and do it, but we've seen numerous times that teams specifically that are just starting or that don't have the same leverage as Chris, which there isn't many that have that as it is, but they will try and work out a deal because they know that they're not going to com- directly compete with him at the moment. And others may feel, well, I'm never really going to see you. I'm in D2. It'll take at least a season or two to get up to even where I'm even playing you twice a season at best. So I could see why guys don't worry about it. I could understand why guys aren't as tempest as some of us are in doing deals with Chris. But this Chelsea team is going to get better, and we know $94 million is a huge turnout um, for anybody. And obviously, I know I didn't go totally crazy in announcing it, but just kind of talking about how these teams are going to adapt to the window and be, it being all the way up into our first tournament. I just started downloading the FIFA 21 beta. It hasn't quite downloaded yet at the time of the recording. I will probably talk about it. In next week's podcast, I'll try and get some of the other managers' thoughts on it. We've kind of heard Gaidan say that the play is different. The ball holding up the play is a little bit easier. Uh, the passing is a little bit smoother. I haven't really talked to him yet in depth. I will get into that now that we're kind of back into doing things. But it is very important that we try these things out before we have an opinion on them. I'm, I'm usually pretty skeptical about betas. But uh, I'll hold that for you guys for next week. Anyways, let's get back to the D1 preview. We go on to the other teams that are in the top four. You look at America, Augsburg, and Barcelona. I've been hearing from Evan that there is some really big deals that he wants to do, and he feels like he needs to add to the depth. We'll see how he hits there. I think with America and Augsburg, where can you get better? It's kind of hard to figure out. I think, like I've said in the past, America need that goal scorer. Augsburg need that midfield. But if you're just looking at these teams and – how good their windows are going to have to be 
they're going to have to be one of those teams that really takes everyone's breath away. And to be honest with you, I asked Evan on his three teams in a couple different categories on how they will do, and this is what Evan had to say. I think uh, three teams that will surprise us this next window. I'm going to start off with Santee. Um, who knows? We could possibly see uh, Messi departing. Um, I could see him making some big moves to, to try and crack back into that, you know, top top two or three um, teams. I think uh, another team that could surprise us is Joey. Um, there's kind of been, you know, rumblings about him uh, selling off his team or at least doing kind of a, a rebuild. Um, and he's got a ton of talent on his roster. So um, I think we could see him maybe making some big moves. Um, and then maybe the third team, I would say, uh, um, probably going to have to go with either uh, uh, Serge or, uh, or Chris, just because you know, they're, they're the top two, and they're going to make sure that uh, um, they're making the, the necessary moves to try and finish uh, number one again. So that's what Evan had to say about the teams, the three teams that will surprise him the most. The reason I, kind of before we transition to that, and talking about these three teams, because I actually think that those three teams for me, America, Augsburg, Barcelona, are the three teams that will kind of be the ones that come out and assort their authority. Um, whereas, yes, Leon have some authority to go after. I know he picked Santi to really kind of make that move. And Messi obviously leaving in real life. Can he leave in the San Pedro FIFA League? Yeah, of course he could. Um, but really, is that something that we expect him to do? If he does end up doing that, I think that would be pretty special. Uh, in the sense that he's looking to start the rebuild. And obviously the team would still be very good, messy or not, in that squad. Um, another thing that you have to, I guess, bear in witness to is the other teams below those three, right? Because America really just has to adjust to Chelsea. I don't think they have to adjust to anyone, but I do think they need to make a signing that will put a little bit of fear into everyone else again because everyone's seen that the, the armor cracked a little bit. And even though they were really uh, good in the VT Cup, there were still some feeling out processes to take place. And I think that Serge may look at that and say, listen, the window is more important than the VT Cup because I don't, I don't care what the VT Cup result is. Of course, he's going to want to win. He's a competitive guy, but his window has to hit. And I think that's why it's going to be such a big deal. And that's where I agree with Evan, um, because I believe that either Chelsea or Medica need to continue what they're doing. And, and in order to do that, they're going to have to bring in people um, and not hope that other teams are going to be able to help them right away. Cause that's not going to happen now. It's getting more competitive. Guys are going to be uh, less willing. And that's something that we've seen so far. People are less willing to get into those deals where it's loaned to buy. Anyways, as for Evan's second pick, picking Joey, uh, Manchester United, there is a ton of talent on that squad, and I can make the same case for Augsburg. And if you're going to compare the two teams that me and uh, Evan picked, I think that, you know, and thank you again for Evan for helping out, but for those two teams specifically, the midfields are not aging, but I think for Manchester United, I think there has to be some solidarity. Just like kind of how Augsburg need the solidarity. The rotation needs to get solidified. And I think that's where these two teams kind of have a common uh, ideology and mission going into the transfer window. I think they need to get guys that are going to stay and that they're going to be willing to keep. We've seen Manchester United be very willing to move players uh, at times where you're just kind of questioning it. And you're just kind of, okay, this doesn't make sense. You're trying to survive. But it in the, in the end, it worked out. So, so far, so good, I guess you could say. 
Um, another team that Evan picked was obviously, um, like I said, was Santi, was, was Serge. Another team that I didn't get to record to him that we talked about, though, was, um, and I don't know if he remembers, was the two teams that survived, Atletico Nacional and Dortmund in the playoffs. We look at these teams' rosters. How are they going to develop some type of uh, attitude on the new season? We have three new teams going up. How are they going to act towards that? I feel like those five teams are going to be in similar positions of, can we crack into the top 15 plus? And if you can, then you're going to give yourself probably the best chance uh, at staying alive. And I think those teams, all five of those teams, just very quickly, because unfortunately I had to do this preview by myself. I'm not going to sit here and go into super far depth. I don't need to make this podcast super long. I think those five teams, though, they all have the same message. Survive but get players that can get me here to survive. And I think that's going to be an important theme uh, as far as those five teams go. As for everyone else in the middle, um, I also asked Evan another question, and this will kind of get into what's going to be happening uh, with some of the other teams. But before I get to Evan, it's always important to kind of see who's going to disappoint us, right? And who's going to be kind of wild in the window. We never really have a good idea until things start popping off. And we know things get it get done very early, very often, um and anyways i'm just gonna leave it up to evan here's evan guys i think three teams with the most to fix uh this next off season um you know i i would say maybe augsburg um just because he's got some some aging players on this team um you know i could see him you know potentially wanting to to freshen things up and kind of like how barcelona in real life is right now get some some younger youth players in there um, I think Dre, I think he's, you know, a, a team that's kind of on the, the verge of making the top five, uh, but he's got a lot of players that are, you know, in the mid to mid to low, mid to high 70s. So he needs some, uh, you know, better talent on his roster, I think. So he's he's got some areas that he could work on. And then uh, I think I think me, maybe um, I, you know, I don't have a ton of depth. Um, I think I maybe used one sub all year. Um, so I think in order to get, you know keep up and you know top three to five, I'll have to make some changes as well. So obviously that was Evan and talking about the team, the three teams that need to fix the most, and where I was focusing more so in my ideology and talking about D one and and going into the teams that need the most fixing. I'm looking at Kashima. I'm looking at possibly LAFC, and the one we agreed upon. Was Celtic another one I was I would even have added was Wolves where we agreed on fixing was Augsburg does Augsburg need as much fixing though as the other teams I didn't feel so uh, because I feel like it's just one real area that they need to just kind of freshen up and get correct and that's one thing we agreed on do I think they are one of the three that need the most to fix no definitely not um, as far as LAFC go I think they need to start really wondering if this group of players is going to be enough to catapult this squad into a top four position um and that is where the best teams live and it is a badge of honor to make the top four because not only do you get high seating the payout is very much significantly different and that is probably status in the league as well as i made top four it's a big deal and we've seen some teams really get involved in that. Barcelona really making their impression on the league this last season. And I know Evan talked about his team a bit there because they are a team that needs to fix that depth. Um, but 
I don't think he's still one of the teams that's starving. Dre makes sense because he's trying to kind of crack into that arena where he's trying to get into the top four. But his team is still very young, still very growing. Whereas a team like Kashima, I feel like the superstars and the dividends and the dependables are not the same. And I believe that uh, there is a differing line between those squads. And I think we'll see that as the window comprehends. Uh, It's the story of Hazard is just getting going. The story of whether Neymar is truly moving is a thing. I I don't know how much concreteness we have to some of these rumors or, you know, Dre selling some of his players off. I don't believe he's going to be as willing once the season gets going, once the games are starting to get played, because depth is a quality thing to have. And and when you have it in this league, I think it's very important. I, I think guys need to have depth. I think you don't know, like I said, you don't know what FIFA 21 is going to bring injury-wise. And if guys really shed their 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 depth before the season starts and can't recover it in the window, they could be very much in trouble. And I think those teams are LAFC, Kashima, and of course I agree about Celtic, but I really do uh, I do really want to see what maybe even a young boy squad does as well. Just kind of adding everybody into the mix here. As for teams like Arsenal, Liverpool, um, you know, Tottenham, Real Madrid, there is talent on their teams. They just need to add pieces as they go. I know I didn't touch up on these teams yet, but very quickly, these teams have some talent. Uh, they're going to have to go and pick out those spots and be very meticulous because uh, if they swing and miss at what position they need to bring in, it could affect how they go into the net, the following off-season window, which is going to be probably another big one with a lot of these teams still very young trying to grow and progress their players. Anyways, we'll be right back with Luis and myself as we talk about the D2 preview uh, for the transfer window and what's to preside there. Of course, Luis is Torino in D2. We'll be right back with him. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. We obviously talked about D1 in the first segment, but to do the second segment, I thought I'd bring on a special guest host. Guys, it is Luis of Torino. Luis, say hi to the people. What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. All right, so let's start with mine and your teams because I'm coming up from D2, and you are in D2, but you are also one of the favorites. You have a just a gorgeous roster of talent. Trent. Canabri, Navas, Mbappe, Odegaard, Saliba. I can name them all. I can name them all, dude. I can. can I say something? I have been saying I'm going to win this shit, and no one has said nothing. <laughs> no one has said one goddamn thing. I'm so fucking surprised, dude. But it's okay, because like I said, I'm fucking winning this shit. So. Well, no. I mean, I like the confidence. <laughs> I mean, I told you already. I like it. Because we both know the, the season starts with the window. If you, you obviously were recently more in D1 than I was. So you look at your roster, you look at my roster. What, what's your advice for someone coming up versus, team, versus teams in D2? Someone, what do you mean someone coming up? So someone that's so like, So someone, someone that is trying to come up in D2, so like the new guys, so like an O'Brien – uh, okay. what, is the, what, is, what is their goals to get to D1 versus teams that have already been here in D2? Honestly, man, you got to look at players as far as potential. Like, your first year in the league, like, you can, ex- you can like, get really happy and excited and expect to, like, oh, first, league, first like, season, I'm out of this, and I'm going straight to D1. But in all, you got to think to the future. What I look at, I look at players that are starting – like young in age and that are producing like uh, enough, like week in, week out, starting week in, week out, you know, whether they're defending, striking and, uh, or midfield, 
you know, seeing them in the in the press helps a lot too. I've noticed, you know, when you see like a lot of people talking about them, it really, really helps. I would say, man, like you, you could go the route of getting the older guy cheap and you know, sell and get rid of him next season and get your money like that. But I just think there's so much more like when you invest long term and you know, you get your you get the boys, man. You get the the youth league or whoever. Like I like right now on my bench, it's all freaking Dutch. <laughs> it's like 18s, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, that's a good idea. Young players, that's smart. Yeah. I I went the route of just kind of what is going to fit in that position, though. Like I just yeah. got okay, he works here, let me put him here. Like I I I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna just have to puzzle it together. It's not gonna be picked, perfect. You picked players, you know, right? Like that's exactly, I, like, guys, I trust. Like, yeah, I could see that. Like I could see, like you, you knew who the players are. You you obviously watch. You know the leagues a lot. You know we watch. I'm I'm kind of busy, but that's why I read a lot more than I watch games. You know what I mean? Well, it helps. Reading. Yeah, it really does. But like, if you know the players and you know how they work and you play with them in games, that works too, man. Like, it honestly, it's up to the manager. I just feel like you you can buy cheap and you can sell for a shitload more when when you oh buy, you know what I mean? oh so you just just watch this window, man. Watch what I'm gonna do. I it is a totally oh, different. Yeah? planned for myself but speaking of what we're going to do in the window i'll let you start because we originally had it obviously we had to redo this but what is torino's ideology you said that you told me before you got the center back you got the center mid is that it uh-huh. is that all you need because you did say you believe that you're going to win this so i do man the- and i'm and i'm gonna make a couple cavalier freaking moves but i'm i'm pretty comfortable i've been playing i've been trying things out i've been playing a fucking shitload of online matches dude like i'm fucking i'm ready to go honestly like yeah and that's it (laughs) i mean (laughs) nah i like it i've been seeing the the chat and i just every time you're counting down the days of when we're gonna get there next but uh No, dude, I like it. You have to kind of have this attitude in D2 of not just an underdog, but you have to set the, the precedent for everybody else. If you want to win, you have to say, hey, okay, I need to win. I mean, I jokingly said I was going to win, and I ended up finding a way to win. I wasn't well, even it, right? yeah. yeah, so I just was like, oh, if I get it, I get it. I was totally kidding. But well, <laughs> and so, all right, you wanted to pick apart my team. Go right ahead. Be okay. my guest. I like, dude, well, let me, give me a second. I saw, I see, I like the balance, honestly. Like, I see. I tried. I see youth, and then I see, like, you got your uh, your veterans in there. Like, Pookie was, like, admit it, Pookie fucking came through for you a lot in this league, in this season. At the beginning, yes. And yes, a lot. Big time. He kind of faltered it, but you got Wilson in there, you know, Rivery. It, it in the back who's gonna freaking beast with my boy Salizu next season dude holy shit he's better oh, yeah. on he's on Southampton right yeah yeah dude that's gonna be a sick pairing I can't wait but you you yeah. kind of you've got go ahead Luis. you've got potential still you know what I mean like Barnes and you've got Wilson like people sometimes like these the the British players don't get like the the potential they deserve, but they're playing, man. So as long as they're playing and, like I said, that that experience, they're they're in the they're in the team sheet every week and playing for the club, like that's really important as far as like 
No, and that was my thinking. I, I think with Harry Wilson specifically, if we're just talking about like our teams, Harry Wilson for me was just kind of like the guy, like, okay, he's going to play. Now he's rumored to be getting loaned out or bought by Southampton, uh, you know, Leeds and a couple of those other squads. Like how, how is he going to work there? But he would be the main playmaker. So I would take a guy like that, uh, especially on Southampton. I think he would be kind of perfect more so than being a backup at Liverpool. I don't see that happening, but anyways, let's, Let's jump into D2 because now we have the flurry of teams. We have the new guys. You gave them more than enough, I think, credit you can can be given. So I think we both know they're going to sell some players, right? I don't think we have to to worry. They're going to sell some guys. I don't know if you've looked at their rosters, but they've got some talent. I've seen, man. I've I've gotten offers to, like, to people like, uh, who is it, Corey? He's he's offered me uh, Renee, and he's offered me a couple, like, They've got talent, man. Honestly, I wouldn't sell those guys. Like for for Corey, he's got Bastoni and that's in the center back. Oh, yeah, Bastoni. I'm not selling him. I agree. If, you, if I had that guy, yeah, dude. Center like uh, Inter Inter Milan center backs are always freaking good, and like and he's Italian. You know what I mean? Like it it doesn't get much better than that. No, I would I sell him. And then Renee, that dude Renee from Brazil, he just went to Dortmund. So like it's. If you make deals at the beginning of all this stuff and you just try to make your money like, and you agree to all this stuff before you see how the actual transfer window in real life plays out, like you can, you can shoot yourself in the foot. No, and I agree, and I think that's where O'Brien has an advantage because I've actually done one deal with him that I know will go through. We have another one that we're talking about, but one of them's for one of his cornerstone guys or could be a potential cornerstone player. But what about the next guys up? The guys like Inter. What about Gremio? What about Man City? What is the goal for these three teams? I don't know if I know you played against them last year. We both did. That's why I brought you into this yeah. podcast specifically. And what they, do they need? They need a little more depth. But they grew into the season. That's the crazy shit. Like at the beginning, it was kind of hard for them. Dude, Inter Milan has a has a grip of good players. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He came in. He came in at a perfect time to draft your own under under seventy six. <laughs> I have, oh, I, have some, I have some inside information on that, but I'll let you finish first. Holy, I do it. Like I was gonna like in that time, like when he came in, I was gonna buy Halen. Well, I did. I wanted to, but I knew like it was gonna be a fucking battle. But he had him, so I was like, ah, shit. Like it's probably better. I don't because the thing with me, if I go after, if I have a plan in the transfer market and. One of the like that's why I'm not even gonna play it too much like the the bids with the agents because if doing that and I couldn't get the player I wanted I usually just no and that's no and that makes sense because then other times you're gonna overdo it you're gonna make too many moves you're gonna try and like try and make up for it I will say this quick inside information on Holland and the way that he drafted his squad was he was asking when he should draft his squad to a lot of us that knew him that knew Derek and. We said, just hold up, just hold up a little bit, you know, more than other. And then he saw that Holland was there and you, you, he took him. And then you saw him be very, very smart with what he was doing. And it was all good planning on Derek's part. And he, he knew what he wanted. And I think that's important for new guys. Know what you want. We know we saw city kind of bounce around players a little bit, uh, but Augie looks like he's going to hold on to guys. But what about the next tier? The tier that, unfortunately, you found yourself in, but you have Atlanta, Club Leon, yourself, and Houston Dynamo. What about you four? Like, what, 
about the other three. We already talked about you, but what about those three squads? If you're in that middle pack, you need one big signing, and it has to be an attacker. Like, no – like, no – there's no getting around it. Like, you're you're right there. Like, your defending is okay enough to get to the top. Houston is a straight attacking team. Like All out. He, All out. <laughs> and if he – yeah, like, he doesn't give a shit how many goals you score as long as you score more than you. So, for him, maybe him, he's probably the only one I would – him. But mm-hmm. everybody else, you need you need to get a world like you need to get a world class attacker. Agreed. Whatever. The Benfica model. Price, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Fucking funded that. Fucking bought. <laughs> I fucking bought Lotaro and he fucking flipped it. I spent seventy on Lotaro and he went seventy five for Alva. So I was like, ah, right, there you go, man. You hey, that's <laughs> that's that's a business though in this league. I like it. It obviously worked for him, but specifically Club Leon because they were the most improved team over last season. Just points wise, obviously they're 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 a tough team to play. One of the best defenses in the division last season. You obviously have the teams coming down. Is Club Leon going to be able to get over those guys as well? The PSG, the Bayern, the AC Milan. Are they are they going to be able to beat those teams out? Or are those two are those three teams just too good right now? Man, he's got the momentum on his side, so I think That's he's true. good. You know, coming down from. Coming down from D one, it can be a it can be a mind fuck, you know what I mean? Depending on how the market comes after that drop, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think with you know, Leon, he's he came he came into the, the season a little slow, but he he's got the momentum at this point. I think he'll be fine. All right then, so just, just as long as you can get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean he's he's uh he's it's it's harder to find David than anybody else though, so it doesn't matter. Um, and that's who I have to try and find this season. Good luck. Uh, with that. Yes, right? Anyways, we talk about the guys who contended but didn't make it. I know Robert is no longer with us, but what about Al Ayn? What about Al Ayn? This is the one team that I thought, and maybe even I think a part of you thought, this team could win their spot beating a D1 team. But no, he didn't win. Yeah. No, guy, not yeah, I know. I thought he was going to go up, but David, he shut that down really fast. I don't I get thought, it like, either. I, I don't get it. I thought for sure these were the two. Like, nah, there's, there's no stopping Robert. Like, he, he had that shit. But then, like, all of a sudden he did it. You saw the game, man. That shit was. Oh, dude, that one hurt. I was rooting for him so hard, man. I <laughs> screaming at my Holy TV. Crap. I felt so bad. I felt so bad because before that, this is a good segue into freaking uh the twitch thing because i we were talking like an hour before the game and i had to help him get ready and, and all this and i was kind of finally i i was kind of making it harder but then i realized like oh man the instructions are on fucking so literally for for goals for games of the month and everything like it's literally easy man i'll send you the instructions i'll go through it with you everybody this year like it, it should don't be scared man if you want to play a game there's a game you see on your roster and you want to play it on twitch i'll i'll got you man I'm gonna look at games too to set up for month for every month, but maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that might have messed him up, man. But he had it, dude. Like after he set up everything, and he had, and it like sand through your fingers, dude. I felt so bad. I felt that. I felt like I lost. I felt I, like I was playing, and I, 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 I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm with you 100. percent I was uh, people who people who joined our Zoom that were watching the games with us, the, at least that game. Our reaction was game tied it. I could not believe what I was even watching. 
because I thought Robert yeah. had it as well. And I don't get me wrong, I don't think that's why he quit. But as far as the way that the window goes now for the other guy who didn't make it, what does Guy Don have to do? I know one player he's buying. I will not say because I can't because uh, <laughs> he is getting it for me. He is getting it for me. But um, you know, what does Guy Don have to do? Does he just have to bring in players? Because I think personally, he just needs to bring in talent. It doesn't matter where, just something. He just, yeah, if he gets a good player that can, that's a good dribbler, because that's what he likes to do. I think he can do it. But I, I feel like I, I've seen it play, man. And it, if he gets the ball, like honestly, like it's, you just gotta pressure him. Like it's, it's not, it's not that bad. If mm-hmm. you let him, you know, talk his way to to the goal, then yeah, it's gonna be tough. But it's, I don't think it's it's anything that special anymore because it's I've seen it now. But at the beginning, I was like, "What the fuck is this? This guy's just gonna hold the ball all day." Or? Oh, I know. Trust and then me. He freaking, Same thing. And then he runs up and he and he scores five times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's gonna be that's an interesting matchup for me. I still don't know how that's gonna play out. Mm-hmm. But he, if he gets a if he gets a good like the same thing if he gets a good striker he he's got it. Man. Oh, I'm with that. I think it might be an attacker he needs, even though company retired. So I think he's going to need to get a center back. However, however, I think that no matter what Gaidon does, he'll compete. But let's get your predictions. This is way too early predictions. If you had to pick three teams that go up before the transfer window, who goes up? Because I could tell you mine, but I'll let you go first. Man, I know nothing, but obviously me. <laughs> Obviously, me. Obviously. I think obviously. maybe Guy Don. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. I think Guy Don will probably be up there, too. All right. And I like Houston, too, man. Oh, so three guys. We'll okay. What... I like it. I like... Yeah, I think it's the same three. From... I think it's the same three from last season that were in that middle pack. You know, it'll be me and him, me and them up there. Maybe Leon. Maybe these guys. Maybe the new guys. You know, you saw how the new guys played last season. They, they came out strong. And uh, the the guys coming down from D one, we'll see what they do. But I I just I, I believe in momentum. And if you've had the season here and you know what you did wrong, and like I said, that one signing man that can change everything. That one attacker that's got the pace, or that's got that that freaking shot that Balotelli has, dude. Oh my goodness, yeah, for real. I feel like he scores whenever he gets the ball. So it's just like lock him down. You know what I mean? But, no, that's true. I agree. I agree. Anyways, I'm going to give you my three and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. I'm going to go with you because I just think the talent is too good for you not to at least get one of the three spots. If you make it, if you get in the playoffs, I'm going to give you a hard time. I'll still be happy for you, but I'm going to give you a hard time. I expect all the shit, man. An auto. I expect an auto. I expect an auto, at least an auto promotion. I'm going to go though with, I'm going to guess that PSG go back up. I know it seems very unpopular at the moment, but I think he'll do enough to go get himself back up. And then, believe it or not, I'm going to say Daniel O'Brien. I, I hate to do this, but I, I, I hate to pick him. I hate that I have to pick him. But just going through the teams, like it, it makes sense that he might be able to flip his team just decently enough to where a lot of these other guys may not be able to contend with it, especially if FIFA 21 has better more accurate defending it'll all play into his hands that'll be all he needs is that defense helps him just enough uh, oh my goodness it'll help him but anyways it'll help him a lot he knows how to defend exactly but anyways this is your first show this is your first show man i'm glad that you came and did this we'll get you back of course um when it's time permitted i know life you have to work so do i 
So we'll get you back on here and we'll talk more about reactions to the window when they do happen and we'll plan it out, yada, yada, yada. But thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Luis. I look forward to D2, man, and good luck. Good luck in those, this, good luck on September 1st. There's going to be so many transfers. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. Can't wait to see Joey's freaking expressions on the, the group. Oh, no, he's not going to be happy. I can tell you that. All right, Luis, man, you have a good night, brother. I'll talk to you later. You too, George. Thank you, man. Thank you. Of course, man. Anytime. Goodbye. Late. Okay, guys. So that was Luis. Um, of course, like in the future, you guys will get more and more of that. And we'll try and do more and more of that in the future to where you guys can um, really just get different perspectives from people. But mostly our, our two guest co-hosts who will join in and out throughout the season and contribute. So I thank you guys for listening. This is a mini start to our season. Trust me. Come next week, we'll have a billion things of material to talk about. So I appreciate the the love, and I appreciate the fact that we were able to do such a easy and humble opening um, premiere for this season. An easy, quick episode for you guys to kind of just get caught up on what is happening, who's where. Um, and also, it's super hot, so I think I'm not going to do a long podcast today. Um, I don't have AC. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, that was my wonderful guest host. I want to thank him and Luis. I want to thank Evan. Uh, I want to thank Andrew, Aaron, and Joey for my wonderful producing. And of course, thank you guys, the people who listen for being able to contribute as well. I'm George Tello, and this has been the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. <laughs>